Welcome to another edition of Robin's Ramblings. I am Robin Brady. And today we're talking, I don't want to say a darker conversation, but something that some people might consider a little darker, but I consider intriguing in the utmost degree. Uh, many years ago, when I was in university, I took a course on death and dying and found it fascinating, the sort of ritual that goes along with death and the ceremony and the different cultural things that are associated with it, and have been delighted to be friends, acquaintances, pals with a couple of funeral professionals in our community. And given these trying times that we've been going through for the last several months, I know that it is one industry that has certainly had to change the way it works. So my guest today, James McNeil from Life Transitions. Welcome to my porch to have a little chat about I, death and dying in the time of COVID. I love your porch. This is wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is, this is, the pandemic has been a crazy time for everyone, but I can imagine from a funeral director perspective, from dealing with families going through the worst possible time, take me back to sort of early March when things started taking a header that must have rocked your world yeah it, like like everyone the uh, restrictions and suggestions and and uh, changes were happening you know sometimes seem like by the hour you're trying to keep up with things like that where and and with death being this constant it doesn't uh, death will keep happening doesn't matter what's happening and so f that means families are grieving and going through the, the process uh, despite restrictions on distancing and masks and whatnot, so it just we were just constantly uh, zigging and zagging with the regulations, but also trying to be as accommodating as humanly possible to our family. Because, and I don't want this to be like a half-hour commercial for your business, yeah, but not. you guys have been sort of different than other places since you launched your company, just sort mm -hmm. of trying to do things differently and now being forced to do things differently where, you're, you know, you can't have a, f a family in a funeral home necessarily. Mm -hmm. So take us through sort of the, the early stages of the restrictions that were put on your industry. Well, th probably the biggest restriction is it was the number of people. Mm -hmm. there, there was a, a, a very stringent uh only so many people 10 people at a time uh in for say visitation and um at one point it was it was five people it seemed like it was five people and then then it went back to 10 but the, the biggest thing has been regulating the number of people uh the idea of contact tracing getting people's names and numbers in the event of there's something that we could we could submit this and say we we had these people here type of thing so that uh, the gloves, the hand sanitizer, the masks, all of these extra things. Uh, but, but from the beginning, we, we, uh, we're, we're kind of like the funeral home without the big fancy building. So mm -hmm. we've always been making arrangements online, uh, remotely. Uh, I would come to your home or I come to your home and, and if coming to our office was not convenient. And so for some people, they said, we don't feel safe to come out. We have to make these arrangements. Uh, can we do it on our porch? Can we do it through the window? Can we do it over the phone? Can we do it online? And, and we'd say, yeah, of course we can. But we, that's where we've always been. So this, I feel like we had we had a good head start on that. And that's always going to be our approach. Whatever is easier for a family, as far as even that meeting to plan things, mm -hmm. we're going to do it that way. But, uh, but it's been amazing how some folks are, uh, you know, more cautious than others. 
and we, we give people lots of space and lots of uh, um, if a person is more comfortable wearing a mask or or doing something online they got it you know so we're gonna let them set set the tone did it and again with respect to the the families and the emotions that go with that situation does it change the behind the scenes when you're not dealing with the families, when you're dealing with the person who has passed, is is any of that changed because of coronavirus? Well, see, we're we're very very fortunate in Chatham Kent, uh, where the 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 effects, of, like the number of people uh, infectious, uh, you know, confirmed COVID cases and people actually dying from COVID is so minimal mm-hmm. it's not even really discussed really there was uh, one one poor lady had passed away right. you know one is too many and all those kind of things and, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but as far as um, what we we would treat and handle any deceased person as if they had some kind of disease so we're always using masks all PPE has always been our language the whole funeral industry is is steeped in PPE, so everyone sort of knows this term now. Mm-hmm. But that that's been our language from every funeral director learns that day one is masks, gloves, hand washing. So that that part didn't change. What what did change is the way that we would go into a facility, whether it was a hospice, nursing home, uh, different hospitals uh, where that we weren't allowed in the hospitals anymore and the guards or the staff would then take our stretchers and bring us the person. Mm. Uh, and just, so a lot of those things changed from month to month to month. So that, that, that was a huge change. And, and, and in the, for, the poor folks in those facilities, whether it's a nursing home, a care home, a hospice, they're working at breakneck speed to keep doing their job. But then with all these new things too, where they've got to learn how to uh, operate a stretcher like a funeral director stretcher is different right. than all other stretchers because it's a it's a lightweight collapsible type of a thing and so the, these poor folks are saying oh we're not even sure how to do this and and so we yeah we, we worked with all kinds of folks in new ways to make that happen and then from the family's perspective of things um if i may have a, a little sort of personal side to this yeah um that our family uh, my husband's family went through a loss during yeah. the pandemic yeah and it was brutal mm. from a grieving standpoint okay. of trying to um you know you can't hug anybody you mm. can't be close to your family you can't comfort each other in the way that you normally would um so just talk a, b- a little about that side of things that how you're helping families through when they can't express their emotions the way they normally would yeah, well, it's tricky because, you know, it, it's so hard to tell someone not to hug someone. I'm not totally. sure. Totally. Yeah, and 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 we we do live in a in a free country, and we're but yet we're polite Canadians, and so, you know, we we've explained that many times to people, and it's hard for me to say, okay, now I've just said that, now you're hugging her. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right. It, uh, it's hard to be the emotional police, and uh, I, I'm sure that you 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 know firsthand. That, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's made almost near impossible interactions to tell someone, this is what the regulations are, uh, but I can't make you do anything. Please understand what I'm saying. And and most of the time people just comply, but other times, uh, it's like I've said nothing, and they're hugging each other and, and they're doing doing their thing. That being said, people that have been you know in each other's bubbles, mm-hmm. that's understandable. Yeah, you know and. Uh, uh, but you know, the, probably the thing that that's struck me the most, and you're not seeing this uh, anymore now. But in the early, the one big chapter, there was people literally watching a loved one die on their phone. 
because they couldn't be in yep. there. And a very terrible, beautiful moment, really beautiful kindness for the staff, as grisly as it sounds, to hold the phone up mm -hmm. on Zoom or whatever. Yeah. And they're saying goodbye to mom or dad on the phone and because they can't physically be there. That that was really heartbreaking for so many families. Yeah, I can imagine. But as far as the consoling each other part, so hard. You know, it's we're, like we're. How did you? How did you? When someone said quit hugging them, what well, did you do? Well, we we were we were we were really good about. I mean, it, we we just sort of knew that you know we're like hi and you know like sort of talking to each other across the parking lot yeah and going to the funeral home where there were only allowed to be 10 of us inside at the time right okay uh, which you know has changed since then but sure. um and you know we were there with our kids and family and we're all sort of scattered around the room and sort of you know giving each other the eyes of like ah yeah. i would really love to come over but you know we had some family from out of town and we knew that it wasn't the best idea to be sure. getting that close but it was really to me and again this is no slight against the company or the the funeral home that we were dealing with but mm -hmm. having people sort of lurking nearby and knowing that they're counting the people as they come in yeah. and then coming up to my kids and i and saying you know oh there are people waiting out in the parking lot so then i have to pack up the kids and out we go and right. let other people in and it was just it it took a it took away from the specialness of the time I felt sure. that it should have been you know we all wanted to be together we couldn't all go to the grave site together and it was just and it was awkward yeah and I yeah death is awkward enough without adding all that extra stuff on but I don't know yeah, to take I don't know that how kind you get of, around that, that. that kind of freedom away and, and not you know uh, some people say like you know you're not going to take my freedom but but just that the, the sense of feeling I need to go through this natural process mm -hmm. of hugging, grieving, being close together, and having that freedom uh, uh, disrupted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a major short circuit yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, but now we've got to a point in in the phases of reopening where we can have larger groups. Yeah, 50 outside. Yeah. Yeah. Are we are we allowed to have more people inside yet, or is that still uh, well, a limited it's, it's thing? It's 30 percent capacity. Okay. So 30 percent capacity of uh, of of a room, you'd say. So say if a, you know if a room can. The capacity is, is 100 people. I'm not great with math, but 30% <laughs> of that is a certain number. And uh, so that, that would be, that, that changes the 10. Yeah. So one thing we've talked about um, with, with different people that I've, I've spoken to with these podcasts about, you know, the way that life is moving forward and that things are changing, that the way we're doing things in a pandemic, we learn that maybe it's a better way of doing things. Has there been anything like that in your industry where you're like you know what this kind of is a better way to do things than how we had been oh right yeah See, my, my my business partner is, is <laughs> you want to come over she's off me? camera here <laughs> give me uh, yeah uh, and what she mailed there was paperwork uh, we do a lot of paperwork mm -hmm. uh, for good reason uh, everyone there's a paper trail that follows every single one of us from where we stop living to where our body goes and in, everything in between so there there's often uh, in the past, there was a step where we needed to physically go to a, a municipal center, get a piece of paper, physically go somewhere else, get another piece of original paper with ink on paper before we could ever go to a burial or a cremation. Everything became electronic almost overnight. And uh, we can do, we can clickety, clickety, click, scanning, submitting. We're getting permissions online, uh, you know, hard copy that we keep in files. But it, it, it's, it streamlined all of the movements of us. And I can't imagine we're going to go back to 
I need this piece of paper with ink on it yeah. to go, because all the same verifications are happening, but they're just happening electronically now. So that, that's been something that's really been a good thing, helping yeah. us move faster for families. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't think of when it comes to the funeral industry, that you're, you know, you are so focused from the outside on the emotion of it and sure. the, the personal connection. Yeah. But there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Oh, for sure. Well, we're, we're heavily regulated, again, for good reason. Mm -hmm. You can't just sort of, where'd Mr. So-and-so's body go? I don't know. Like, that just can't happen, <laughs> ever. And in, in this closed system in Ontario, especially, it, it's so heavily regulated. Again, all for good things. Mm -hmm. So there, there is a file that will tell you exactly where someone went, whose permission you had to go to this step, and and it's all so regulated. And we're we're inspected every year, also on all of those details. You know, we, at any point we could be I have a file pulled and them say, uh, looks like you didn't have the correct permission to go from here to there. Uh, how did this happen? What hmm. what was the story? But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's constant uh, uh, documenting of everything that you have to keep forever, which, uh, which is, again, which is good. We never complain about that because it, uh, uh, we can always confidently say to people, things are done properly. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. find that families are doing things differently? Not necessarily just because of the restrictions that are being put on them, but because times have changed and people want to do things you know because you can't necessarily have friends there so you're having like zoom funerals which we had for my great aunt who passed mm. away in new brunswick mm. and it was oddly the funnest funeral i've ever been part well, of because well, we go. all we could see each other from like different parts of the country on right. the screen all at once. and then we could have like a little chat window where you can't talk in a funeral yeah. but you can when it's on a zoom and you can you yeah. know make comments about like nice whatever. pants <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then got to because they couldn't have a reception after so the the church left the zoom running for about an hour afterwards okay. so we all that's awesome. once it was over got to do but is there are you seeing a lot of that where people are like you know now's our opportunity to sort of change things and oh, do it huge. differently and make it more personalized huge and and that that was well underway before this chapter came to where that that was uh the inspiration while we started out the way we have that uh uh, the culture has been moving steadily away from um, the real kind of monolith of the funeral home where mm. you've got uh, it's done a certain way all the time for everybody that that's been eroding for years and years and uh, um, so you know the idea of people saying well uh, we want a memorial service instead of uh, a visitation or we want to have uh, Led Zeppelin instead of uh, how great thou art or you know so things that would better reflect the person that's died right you know or or the you know the the culture of the family as opposed to the culture of a funeral home mm -hmm. which often is what what people are sort of absorb or uh, 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 kind of assimilating into these traditions but they're not the family's tradition it's the tradition of the funeral home we stand here in this room then we go to this room yeah where you know many people have said well the funeral home itself is not really the comforting part it's us together yeah and we can do this almost anywhere mm -hmm. we don't need to be in a certain type of a building we can do this at home we can do this at our church we can do it at the golf course the moose the beach right. you know the, the list is endless because um people are creative and uh, it, we're constantly reminding people that this is this is a this is a, a financial or consumer transaction it's a special one because it's con connected to losing somebody. So it's it's not like buying a car. 
because we've just lost someone very special. So there's a weird hole in our family, mm -hmm. but it is a consumer transaction. So many people for, for ages now have been waking up saying, wait a minute, we're going to part with a bunch of money. It better be my way. I'm not going to be told this. Like you're not told by the car guy, you need these accessories and this color car. Cause that's what everyone has Robin. You're like, oh, I guess I better. Right. You know, that's what you, my grandfather had. So that's what we need to have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, honoring tradition in a family is, mm -hmm. is important for sure. But yeah, these changes have been well underway, but you're, I agree with you hundred percent. This has really uh, been a real catalyst for people to say, that's exactly what we wanted to do anyway. Um, maybe we wanted to do a zoom thing cause we're all over the world or we wanted to gather, you know, a little bit after mom passed away because it was too hard in the beginning anyway, or, you know, or we wanted to have a home funeral. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think that the home funeral ended 80 years ago. The home funeral has never not been on the table, but the funeral industry doesn't often present that as one of the options mm. because those happen outside of their buildings. Right. Yeah. Now, you and I had a chance to talk a little earlier this week um, in a more official capacity about some regulations that have come out yeah. about um, now that we are having more people in a gathering and um, the requirement, the mandatoriness, I don't know if there's probably a better word than mandatoriness. That's probably not I like a word. that. It sounds like <laughs> Mandalorian, sort of. The Mandalorianness. Um, yeah. But that you have to wear a mask if you're going to be in a funeral building. That that's I, I, as I said to you the other day, I had to read it several times mm. because it was the word mandatory, and especially in our area, that really caught me off guard. But uh, we're we're not certainly not fighting it. But yeah, they're saying any funeral visitation, funeral gathering that's inside, whether that's a funeral home or any building, uh, the masks are mandatory, and then the the, the same physical distancing would be in place contact tracing and uh the 30 percent capacity rule but it's the it's the mandatory mask that was the brand new thing as of as of today actually j just today july 8th mm -hmm. it, actually as of today uh and chatham kent is one of those regions where it is mandatory that's going to be hard mm, yeah for i mean there there is the segment of the population that refuses to wear a mask there's yeah. um there are people who have serious illnesses that they can't have a face covering. Sure. There are people who are just going to be so overwhelmed with grief mm. that it's just not, it's, you know, you're, you're crying, you're trying to talk to people. It's a quieter setting where it's not, masks are going to be very prohibitive. Yeah, it's a real barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Well, well, today's the day, so uh, we, we, we have a service. <laughs> we have a service tomorrow. So uh, talk to me in a couple of days because mm. yeah, we have a service tomorrow. Uh, we will have masks. We've told everyone that's coming. If you have a mask that you're comfortable with, please bring it because they're mandatory. Mm -hmm. We'll have them there. And so for the first time in this whole chapter, uh, we're going to have to be the mask police, my, my staff and I. And we will politely be the mask police because, uh, you know, it, it's certainly it's it, our license is on the line and mm -hmm. and the, the kind of the what's the word fiduciary? Is that the 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 sure. the, the, uh, the 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 relationship between us and the public is that we're to be trusted and we follow the rules totally. and they can trust us. So we have to say, look, please just trust us. It's mandatory. Put on the mask. So mm -hmm. We'll we'll see. I'm not I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not one that w likes to wear masks myself either, mm -hmm. but when I have to, I do. Right. Yeah. And that, because it's a, as we said, it's a very emotional time. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I would not want to be the guy who walks into a funeral and raises a stink because you don't want to be wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. But you know that there are going to be those guys. Yeah, and, I know. And girls, but... I know, I know. I, I hope we don't meet them. Yeah. I know. I just, I'm kind of dreading this, but it's... Uh, and I know other colleagues have already been into the mandatory mask for a while now. So, yeah, we're just going to just go as politely as we can with high expectations that people will just abide by what is required. Do you see there being any, I mean, I know that you didn't necessarily see the mandatory mask rule coming into effect, but do you see there being any other sort of pivots, I guess is the, the word people have been using lately, of where your industry has to completely shift the way it's doing things to accommodate the ever-changing world in a pandemic? I, I think it's may, maybe just the, the perpetual contact tracing part where people are coming in I'm not sure if you guys went through that. Was there was there someone keeping a record of exactly who came in and in a contact for them? No. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think may, that may be the thing of the future, that anyone mm-hmm. that comes into any funeral gathering space, uh, they fill out the basic form. This is my name. This is my phone number. Uh, no, I've not been out of the country. Answer that little handful of questions. Hmm. And that paper goes into a pile uh, for possible future use to track you down if there's a if there's an outbreak uh, maybe maybe that I, I don't I'm, I'm hoping we, we we just get back to whatever normal used to be why did you get into doing funerals in the first place shortest version of the story oh don't I, be short I, it's uh, a podcast it's a we podcast take, we take all night <laughs> we got light for a couple hours I uh, I I went off to school to work in full-time Christian ministry. So I went off to school to be a pastor, got thrown a real curveball in my personal life and uh, ended up coming out a funeral director. And uh, that that decision was made because I, I, I thought, okay, I'm not ready to be that guy. Uh, but I felt uh, and still feel that I want to have a vocation where I'm serving, I'm serving people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting a need. I'm serving all kinds of people. Uh, and yeah. And that, so it's, it was kind of a, just a, a, a need to have a job where I serve the general public as, as a, you know, I guess I could have been a butler too. Butlers are awesome. Sure. You know, yeah. It's, it's probably Jeez. a less, a less frequent job that you yeah. would find these days. Yeah. Like Warren but. Buffett's butler, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure he's got one. It's probably several. Batman yeah. has one. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and even, even just, a, uh, I, I, I was reminded recently from an old friend, uh, he said, uh, yeah, when I met you, uh, I was 18, you were 15, and I thought you were the weirdest kid because you said you wanted to be an undertaker. And I thought, <laughs> wow, because I didn't go to funeral school until I was in my 30s. Right. So there was a big gap of time going different, you know, chasing other things and whatnot. But uh, so it's, it's kind of always been my thing. I thought, that looks like a job I can do. And it seems kind of unique. Oh, and, very much unique. And I'm yeah. kind of a quietish kind of person at times. Am I? At, at no? times. At times, yeah. Sometimes, not Sometimes. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the rock band kid. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what do you enjoy about your job? It's such a uh, it's such a paradox because I, I love meeting people and getting to know them and hearing their stories and uh, and they see I seem to remember them just like watching movies. Like if you're a movie person, you know who's in the movie and what happened and and maybe even who directed it. And you remember those kind of details. I feel like I'm like that with people, but uh, I'm with a lot of people and, and I can get kind of compassion fatigue at a certain point. And, mm-hmm. and I just want to go home sometimes and I don't want to answer my phone 
and I and I get I can get maxed. Uh, Leanne can contest to this. For <laughs> sort of like the, the doorbell rings, I don't normally even move, and she's laughing. But it's sort of like the dogs barking. Someone's like, "Is someone going to get up?" Like, I don't. You're tapped out. I am tapped. Yeah, yeah. But so, but I love meeting people, young, old, every walk of walk of life. I love it. We and we serve everybody. We don't. There's not like a certain demographic we serve. So it's a. Uh, it's it's great to meet all kinds of people and hear their stories and and when you when you show someone through your body language through your eyes that you're really listening uh they people just they they kind of light up you know and uh when you see them later on and say oh yeah remember you told me about your dog threw up on the couch and did the thing and then you fell and they're like you remember that i'm like yeah i was really listening to you and uh it's kind of a beautiful little weird little human thing yeah i like that yeah what's the I don't want to say fun. What's the most creative goodbye that you've been part of for someone's loved one? Oh, wow. There's been so many of them. Um, one that comes to mind right off the top from last year, uh, a guy that I kind of met, you know, toward his last chapter, we became really fast friends uh, and connected in a pretty deep level, uh, passes away. And uh, he was a real gun guy. And uh, many of his cremated remains were put into shotgun shells. There was a memorial service at a gun club in the area, and you know some words were spoken and some laughs were had. But then there was this kind of a series of 21 gun salutes that went on, where the shotgun shells came out, people loaded their guns safely and <coughs> shot these shells that they knew were containing their 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 friends' cremated remains into wow. the air. It was really it was kind of, and we all knew like you know this person would be saying right on guys, thank thank you for doing this and. And uh, yeah, so yeah, or or the uh, the family that set up the entire visitation and service in the big drive shed at their at their house, hmm. where they'd had family weddings, and there was probably a thousand people through this place. Wow! And, and it was just it was so perfect, and seeing the family just beaming, saying, "This is our place. We brought our dad home. He built this place." And like all those things, to just be the person that just just able to just kind of encourage a family to literally. Yes, you can do it your way. You're allowed to, you know, and so it's nice to be that kind of quiet, uh, gentle nudge to say, yeah, you want to do it that way? Let's figure it out. We can, we can do this. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. And I love that whether it's through, through a pandemic or just through a shift in the way people are approaching, well, well hmm. it's, it's your tagline that an, a new way of approaching an old undertaking. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, yeah, I love the creativity and the, the personality that you can put into that kind of thing again the the ceremony and the the culture that goes with with saying goodbye to someone i think is amazing yeah but yeah for sure thank you so much for your time james well, this has, this been, has awesome. been lovely yeah I'm, I'm sorry i probably talked right over there and, and my, my beautiful wife across the way <laughs> giving me pointers and tips and this is this is a great gig you've got here on the <laughs> On the porch deck. Right? It's the perfect place. The porch, the porch deck. The porch deck. I threw that in just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have an entire podcast of my husband and I fighting over whether it's a porch or a deck. Oh, <laughs> you guys are adorable. Oh, well, thank you so much, James. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Robin. And thank you so much for listening. We will talk again soon. Mm-hmm.